Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, all. Thank you for listening to Human Monsters. I also want to thank those of you who donate to the Patreon account. There will be more rewards coming down the pipe, such as giveaways. From now on, every week, a winner will be drawn from the Patreon pool and will receive a psychic reading from me online. I am a card reader and astrologer, and I will do a reading for you online should your name be chosen. Once again, the Patreon link is www.patreon.com slash leader1 www.patreon.com slash l-e-a-d-e-r-o-n-e Thank you and enjoy the show. everybody to this week's segment of True Crime News. I'm Morgan Rector. I am Rachel Telfor. And I have a couple announcements before we start. Uh, so yeah, I've been doing readings for members of the Patreon donor pool, and uh, some people have requested them despite not being chosen. So I'm announcing now that uh, if you want a reading um, I, and you, you're willing to pay, I'll pay 25 you can pay $25, which is cheaper than what you normally pay with most with most psychics. But uh, because you're a listener of the show and or a donor to the Patreon account, I'll do it for that price. And then, um, oh, and by the way, I am aware some people, that's not their cup of tea. They don't believe in it. Um, you just don't need to say so on the YouTube two comments, all right? What are you talking I, about? Everyone has to say everything they think, Morgan. Come on. Oh, yeah, even if it's the most toxic thing that comes into their head, right? <laughs> Although some people have been really nice, and I appreciate that. That is true, yes. Um, anyway, yeah, the next one concerns the Human Monsters t-shirts. So um, there is a, a link you can go to at uh, leaderonestudios.com, and it's on the front page. You go down, there's a few links that are descending, and one of them is for Human Monsters merchandise. So you click there, and you can order a shirt, and then I take care of the fulfillment. Um, if it doesn't ask you for an address, then I'll, I'll contact you and get your snail, mail, your snail mail address. So if you don't win a shirt but you want a shirt, you can go about it that way. And so without any further ado, um, I'll start off our show with this first story 
Oh, and, you have a story you're going. But wait, I want to say something real quick. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I got a shirt from my from my lovely host Morgan, and um, I I'm somebody who lives in Florida, so it's super hot. So I I cut the neck out of all my t-shirts. So if you saw that, sorry, but I do that to every single t-shirt I buy. I freaking love it, and I wore it to Publix so proudly last week, and like made sure that it was very visible. So everyone could look at it and and notice. And I'm waiting for um, somebody to notice it and listen to the podcast. And I'm going to have like a moment of fangirl yayness. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Well, yeah, that's what it's partially been about. So that yeah. I, I can create human billboards, right? You can walk around. and Because well, my, my motivation to do it about T-shirts rather than something like a coffee mug or some other little knickknack is that Talk to when you. I was – yeah, when I was in high school, this guy I knew, uh, he had a T-shirt from a business called Tint King. They tint windows for cars. And the reason I know about Tint King is because this guy wore their T-shirt. And yeah. I, I remember that, and I thought that's that's a good way to promote things. A lot of people will, will not turn down a free T-shirt. Yep, uh, and I should, you know what? I should make it, I wear my Human Monster T-shirt every time I go to Publix. Although, I go a lot, so I might need a couple more. Yeah. Well, <laughs> It's, it's nice that you cut it that way, and lots of people do alter their T-shirts. Some people will cut off the sleeves, you know. Yeah. Of, yeah. Just make it your own. Yeah. So my first story is, now guess which state this story took place in. Are you going to come down south to me? I'm going to assume it's Florida if you're going to say well, yeah. any state in the United States. <laughs> it's messed uh, up in true crime. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I make a point of stating which state it was. Uh, so <laughs> here's the headline. Man arrested. Now, it couldn't possibly get any more Floridian if it took place at Walt Disney World, which it oh, didn't. I can't wait. So, man arrested for throwing a live alligator into the Wendy's drive through window. <laughs> so, there are a few things that alligators do well. Chomping on stuff, looking like dinosaurs, and gliding around in swamps, marshes, and the like. They are not good at flying, however. And as such should not be tossed carelessly into the drive through window at Wendy's. A Florida man was arrested recently for allegedly attempting to do just a th- such a thing. Whether, While it's unclear whether he was asking employees to cook up the reptile, a Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission incident report says the man heaved the gator into a Wendy's restaurant in Royal Palm Beach last October. Is that near you, Royal Palm Beach? Royal Palm Beach. Uh, other side of the, the state, so about two and a half hours away. Okay. So this reported by WPTV. The suspect was only just taken into custody by U.S. Marshals recently, however. Officials say the 23-year-old man had pulled up to grab his order and a server handed him a drink. When the worker turned around, the man allegedly reached into the back of his truck and threw the three-and-a-half-foot alligator through the open window where it landed inside the restaurant. So it must have been, like, a very young alligator, right? I was just going to say, yeah, it's not very big. Yeah. Because I think, like, aren't the adults, like, nine, ten feet long? Yeah. And yeah. Or they can get bigger. They're getting a little out of control here lately. And I think, don't they weigh, like, three or four hundred pounds fully yeah, grown? Yeah, they can't. They can weigh more. That, I mean, they... We go. We have everywhere from juveniles to you know granddaddies. So they they you're saying a three foot uh, <laughs> gator. I'm just like, oh, that's, that's not that bad. I'd probably laugh at that, but I'm so used to being around them that. Yeah, yeah. 
It's, it's odd. Law enforcement say the suspect admitted to picking up the alligator by the side of the road and bringing it with him to Wendy's. The gator was later released into a nearby canal to go about his day while the customers facing charges of aggravated assault and unlawful possession and transportation of an alligator. The, the laws around alligators are pretty serious and strict in Florida, aren't they? Um, if you're hurting one or using it in that type of a scenario, then yeah. But I mean, we also, I do believe have, um, you're able to hunt them in certain seasons. So it just depends what, I mean, you're not obviously allowed to throw, it's not legal to throw a gator inside of a Wendy's drive through but you know, if they're a nuisance in a public area, you have to call FCW, which is Florida, you know, the Florida Wildlife Commission or, um, but yeah, then I think there is, we're allowed to hunt them because if not, they, they can become a, a nuisance. Well, I know you can buy clothes from alligator, alligator boots and alligator. I've never eaten it. Well, my mother once worked at a, a Cajun themed restaurant that once a year would serve alligator meat, because I know that's served in the bayou uh, in New Orleans. Um, I don't know if they eat it all the time or not, but Louisiana does have a lot of alligators. Yes, they do. In fact, that's actually think, pretty good. Yeah, well, I think that, uh, I think like in the aftermath of Katrina, one thing that became a big danger was that, you know, it was flooded and the gators started moving in. So they had to be very careful not to... Uh, be attacked by them, though they do tend to avoid people. Uh, not who, not any. They do, but now they're getting very comfortable, and plus they're being pushed out of their natural habitat. So we're we're building in Florida around all these estuaries, and then people want to get mad because there's gators showing up in your front door. I'm like, you're you're living in an estuary. This is where they live. So don't well, be surprised when there's alligators showing up at your door. Well, people, uh, you know, they they were here first, so. People keep feeding them. And yeah, I was just going to say, like, I don't know if throwing them in the Wendy's is, is probably a, a good idea because now he might have a taste for Wendy's. Oh, yeah. He might be drawn to it. Yeah, so they, you know, they, uh, people keep feeding them and they're building condos or whatever they're building and, yeah, pushing them out of their natural habitat. And uh, yeah, please don't feed the gators. I think I said that before. Or seagulls. Do not feed gators or seagulls. Well, they can adapt to it because I think they lay a lot of eggs when they do give birth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So what's your uh, second, what's your first story? My first story, funny enough, is also a Florida story. Um. So, sorry, I'm trying not to say um. People yelled at me about that. So this is St. John's County, Florida. It, um, this is a new, a new story. I, it popped up on my feed and then I tried to do a little more research. There's not that much out because it is so new, but I immediately clicked on it because I was like, holy cow, this is crazy Florida stuff. So one week ago in the pre-dawn hours of Sunday, May 9th. So about, a, yeah, we could go. Tristan Bailey was last seen alive at the Durban Amenity Center. Tristan Bailey is a female. Uh, by 10 a.m., she had been reported missing. Tristan was a seventh grade student at Patriot Oaks County in St. Augustine. So that's north of me. She lived in a quiet area of St. John's County. She was a member of a First Coast cheerleading community. She had already won awards. Her coach, coaches recognized her. 
as a leader with a dedicated work ethic and lively personality. That Sunday afternoon, about 12 hours after she had last been seen, uh, the St. John's County Sheriff's Office sent out a notice on social media saying Tristan was missing, urging people to keep an eye out for her. Unfortunately, later that evening, her body was found in a wooded area near a retention pond in her Durban neighborhood. On Monday, the St. John's County uh, Sheriff's Office held a press conference announcing the 14 that I'm sorry, apologize, announcing that 14 year old Aiden Fucci had been arrested and charged with Tristan's murder. Yes, 14 year old Aiden Fucci. Was Fucci this, attended, uh, yeah, 14. So we're just about to ask, um, do they know if there's like a sexual component to that crime or is this? Uh, so I, I'll get to that later in the story, but it's first thing I asked as well. Um, Fucci attended Patriot Oaks uh, Academy with Tristan and lived in the same neighborhood. Classmates also reported Tristan and Aiden were friends. Um, by Monday evening, there were still questions, including the cause of death and how exactly Fucci had li- was linked to the crime. The sheriff's office asked for the time to focus on the case. They, you know, the parents were mourning the loss of Tristan and they're trying to pr- provide comfort for the family. Apparently, during this case, there was a lot of confusion, misinformation, and troubling, misleading posts on social media. I'm sure we all know how that wormhole can go. So when stuff gets out and then people want to go on social media and then start posting shit that is just not being helpful to uh, when you're investigating a crime like this. Oh, yeah. They have to kind of look into everything. So if you're posting shit that's not true, it's just don't do that. Anyway, um, Tuesday morning, less than 48 hours after Tristan was reported missing, Fucci appeared for his initial court hearing. He was read the charge of second degree murder and his rights. Circuit Judge Michael Orfinger then ordered Fucci to remain in the juvenile detention center for at least 21 days or until his detention is extended by the court. During Fucci's court appearance, the sheriff's office announced that Tristan had been stabbed to death. It was later revealed the 13-year-old girl had been stabbed more than once, and the state attorney's office confirmed it. They also noted that Tristan had been found with her clothes on, and there was no indication that she had been sexually assaulted, despite rumors saying she had. Later on Tuesday, First Coast News obtained the arrest report for Fucci, giving the last insight into how investigators linked the 14-year-old to her death. Uh, he had been, I guess he had changed his story multiple times. He'd made several admissions, that was in quotes, when uh, investigators were reviewing interviewing him he they were they were able to get a hold of him on a security video it well not they don't know if it was him it showed two teens walking east on saddlestone drive which is a road that they live by around 1 45 a.m although i don't know why 13 and 14 year olds are out at 1 45 a.m that's just mom and me the yeah. arrest report says the later the video later showed that one person walking west so coming back around 3.27 a.m., holding a pair of shoes. So there's two going in, going east at uh, 1.45, and then one coming west at 3.27. It's a lot of time. Mm. According, um, after acquiring a search warrant, investigators found an outfit consistent with what the capture on the, what was captured on the video that the person was wearing. Traces of blood were also found on his clothes. Um, mm. 
so since his arrest, many people have called for Fucci to be charged as adult at as an adult. He is faced with a well, he was faced with a second degree. They want him to be faced with a first degree murder charge. But Florida law leaves it up to the state attorney's office to decide if children are to be tried as an adult under discretionary criteria. Murder does not meet the criteria for him to be charged as adult as an adult. The state's attorney's office told First Coast this was First Coast News that they had been bombarded with phone calls urging the office to charge Fucci as an adult. Furthermore, there was a petition on change.org. I think there was like over 600,000 signatures last they chose or last they shown that was demanding he be charged as an adult. Um, however, we will not know as of today. It was unclear if he's going to be charged as an adult. So we're going to have to wait for his first appearance. Uh, last but not least, there is a GoFundMe page available for people wishing to help Tristan Bailey's family. And Tristan, if you want to uh, Google that, it's T-R-I-S-T-Y-N. And poor girl, poor family. It's some young kids. But interesting that sexual, I, I want to know more about what his motive was there if he's 14. Yeah, I have to admit, whenever I hear like a like a, a, a woman or girl has been murdered, I always assume that there is a sexual component. And it's actually, if there wasn't, it actually seems like the offender may be much crazier and more evil yeah. than previously assumed. I mean, it. You're it, going exactly to where, it's funny because your mind is going exactly where my mind goes as soon as I read the stories, because that was the first thought in my head. And then when I read that there was no sexual, well, appeared to be. So we know, don't know that for sure, but um, what, what's, all right, is this 14-year-old kid cra- like crazy? Did she, is he jealous? Uh, did she do something to piss him off? Is he just taking it out on her? But they, they knew each other. There's all kinds of questions that pop up in my head here. But yeah, we'll see like, how that unfolds. Like most serial killers, they targeted the kind of people that they would have liked to have sex with. The gay ones mm-hmm. targeted men, the, the other, the heterosexuals targeted women. But yeah, that's, but not many of them simply killed someone with just violence and no sexuality involved. That's, that seems to be kind of a rarity. Yeah. Also, I do, and then him being charged as an adult, I kind of don't know where I stand with that either. He's so young and yeah. I would need to know a lot more about the reasons for the, the murder before I, made an opinion even made an opinion on that so well there's i think the average kid that age knows the difference between right and wrong and if they Agreed. don't probably mentally ill uh so if they commit a, a really heinous crime like that i think they should be charged as adults um i don't think it's an excuse to use the age um it's just like how did you see that documentary series on netflix to to was it the, to making a murder I yeah Yes, that infuriated me. Well, they talked about how when he was like 15, he was with some friends and he dipped like a cat in some oil and lit it on fire. Yeah. I thought, I wouldn't have done that when I was that age. That That's that's really sick. It, it is. You know? However, we also don't know his childhood. We don't know where he came from. So there's all kinds of factors in there. And I tried, murder is murder for sure. But there, this is just a little bit too early in this case for me to have a solid opinion on whether he should be charged as an adult with a first degree. We'll see. Yeah, maybe maybe they'll go for an insanity plea. Cause could, it could be. You never know. 
All right, my next story. Uh, is, well, this is an interesting one because. Are we getting out of Florida for a second? <laughs> oh, there's no Florida in this one. This is in <laughs> Jersey, actually. Okay, good. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now this. I mean, not good, but. Well, this doesn't actually involve like a a macabre crime having been committed. This falls more under the uh, rubric of creepy, and Ooh. this one you you could actually make a really chilling movie out of this because it's all about psychological horror. So the, the that's what I was watching all weekend. You must have been ready, reading my mind. Well, the headline is "Bring Me Young Blood: The Creepy Threats of the Westfield Watcher." So earlier this month, a couple named Derek and Maria Brodus filed a lawsuit in Union County, New Jersey, alleging their home's former their home's former owners had failed to warn them about a local individual who calls him or herself the Watcher. The Watcher allegedly sent the Brodus's three letters last summer in which he or she threatened the couple and their three young children. The entire family has since vacated their home located in the town of Westfield in fear for their safety. Below you'll find the disturbing contents of the letters revealed in court papers so far. So they the, wrote, so let me catch up. So they, uh, somebody wrote this family letters that forced them to leave their home, correct? Yeah, they don't know if it's just a prank or if someone, okay. there were somebody really wishes to do them harm, but huh. this is the first letter. Oh, God. According to the lawsuit, the watcher began their correspondence with the Brodises in a letter dated June 4th, 2014, a few days after the plaintiffs closed the sale of the house. A key theme appears to be the watcher's familial connection to the Brodises' home. The couple's house, quote, has been the subject of my family for decades. I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. In the same letter, they wrote, uh, they threatened plaintiffs and their children, saying, now that they have it to flaunt it, they pay the price. Tisk tisk tisk. Bad move. You don't want to make the 657 Boulevard unhappy. I asked the Woods, the previous owners, to bring me young blood. Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. The Walcher also asked the couple, Why are you here? I will find out. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Pretty creepy, right? I think I remember this story. It sounds very familiar, but yes, that's very creepy. Well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you something. You know, I've lived in apartments most of my life, but I have yeah. lived in houses. There's something about houses that's actually much scarier than living in apartments. Cause Absolutely, 100%. I've, I've lived in, a, in a, what I believe to be a haunted house. Yeah, and if you've ever been in a house in the country, it's got that serial killer silence. Like, yeah, we were we lived on 50 acres. When I, I was born in Michigan. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it was a big farmhouse, two-story farmhouse with like a, ba- a creepy basement. Nobody in Florida knows what basements are, but holy hell, not like a basement, a cellar. It was just a, like a dank, dark cellar, which we had to go down there for when tornadoes came. I think I'd almost rather be in the tornado, to be honest, because it was creepy as, it's creepy as hell. Well, like I, an old barn. It was perfect setup for a, a serial killer movie. I kind of wish we still lived there. Um, the house is actually no longer there. It burnt down, but it was so badass as a child to have that much space to run around. But yeah, looking back, I'm like, that was creepy as hell. Who even knows what happened at that house? 
What was it like a Victorian house or something? It was just an old farmhouse, two two story farmhouse had the little had those little um the windows that opened the two two with pane windows that opened up at the top and uh just yeah. just an old country home home. It was like, like the Texas chainsaw massacre. Yeah, house. yeah. Bunch of trees around, big old barn out back. It it's so silent out in the country at night that yeah. I worry I, I worry less about being killed in the city than I do out there at night because, for, for one thing, someone could kill you in the middle of the woods and they get away with it, right? So I don't know. I kind of feel, I probably feel safer in the woods. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good point. Shit. Yeah. The, who's going to witness a deer, a bear? I mean, you know. there's all kinds of noises that you could think are killers out in the woods, though. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so the second and third letters uh, appear dated June 18th and of the 2014, uh, and they go as, have you found what it is in the walls yet? In hmm. time they will. I am pleased to know your names now and the name of the young blood you have brought to me. Have you found all the secrets it holds? Will the young bloods play in the basement? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as, I'll know as soon as you move in. Uh, it will help me to know who is in which bedroom, that I, then I can plan better. All the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the watcher and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. Yeah, the I'd be wo- out. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. Uh, no, I'm out. Made it yeah, so I'm out. I'm it out. Cries, Bye. It cries for the past and what used to be in the time when I roamed its halls. When I ran from room to room, imagining the life with the rich occupants there. And now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. Cool. 657 Boulevard is turning on me. It is coming after me. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. Let the young blood play again like I once did. Stop changing it and let it alone. You know what? I call bullshit because they didn't actually mention anyone's name. They didn't mention anything specific about exactly. It. So I think it's all a ruse. It's a prank, but I can understand uh, taking it seriously. And like I said, being out in the country at night, you can get scared. So if uh, a skunk steps on a stick outside, I can certainly. <laughs> skunk I steps on. Right? That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I'm, I'm looking at a picture of it right now. Yeah, that's a, I mean, it's a big house. Yes, yeah, it must be a jealous. It could be creepy. It could be pretty creepy. There's a lot of windows. Jealous person wants the house. And, and I guess they decide if they if they can't have it, nobody will. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. All right. So what's your next story? Oh, let's see. Okay, so this one is um, happened in a Delaware, uh, Recent story happened in a Delaware prison. So we're going to just go ahead and start right in prison. Prison horror stories. There's no, what you, there's no horror stories in prison. What are you talking about? I've, I've done two episodes, prison horror stories. You have. I, I have listened to both of them. They were so, very, very good. As they were actually two of my favorite episodes. I appreciate those. Do more. I like them. So we got another one. Yeah, just so you guys know, if you hate my voice and me and think you don't have to listen to this segment. Oh, her Morgan still does his show, which I 
also enjoy not listening not listening to my voice and listening to just him. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like Bob Dylan playing electric after being a folk singer. You know, a lot of people don't like change. They just don't. Variety is the spice of life, right? Exactly. We still have we still have solo Morgan on our humo, so don't worry, guys. Exactly. All right, so uh, this is I, I listed it Delaware prison dopey a pedo. Okay, so a prison inmate was murdered. I'm sorry, a prison inmate murdered his convicted child rapist cellmate on Monday. The Delaware State Police announced Wednesday. At face value, a conviction would not change very much for defendant John Cameron, 55. He's already serving a life prison uh, sentence for first-degree murder. Troopers responded to the James T. Vaughn Correctional Center in the town of Smyrna. At about 8.13 a.m. on Monday, police said authorities determined the camera killed Philip Langell, 69. So the story I read said he, Langell was serving a 20-year sentence the, for the first degree uh, rape, it said, of a child under 12, 12 mm-hmm. or under. So I, of course, had to Google and find out because I want, because that, for some reason, I had to know that. It was a first degree rape of a four year old girl. Oh, man. Uh, he was arrested in 2013 for the crime that happened in Brookside a decade earlier. So it took them a decade to even find him. So anyway, had to put that in there. Langell died at the scene from injuries to the head and neck and from asphyxiation, police said. Wounds to his head, face, and neck were consistent with strikes from a closed fist, according to authorities. Basically, state police uh, suggested Cameron, at least in part, beat Langell to death. The victim also sustained a non-lethal stab wound. Uh, He was arraigned on Wednesday. He's being held by the Department of Correction in lieu of a $1 million cash bond. Uh, the, the Delaware State Police and Department of Correction did not immediately respond for any comment. So the guy who killed him, John Cameron, 41-year-old, was arrested in August 2007 for a – this is an interesting way he got – what he did to get arrested. He was not obviously not well. Um Arrested in 2007 for a lethal multi-city, I'm sorry, multi-day crime spree in Delaware. The spree began with Cameron attempting to set fire to a family member's car. Then he stabbed a woman with a screwdriver, committed a carjacking, murdered a father of four who was working as a clerk, store clerk at an A-plus mini-mart during a robbery, committed another carjacking, attacked someone, and finally resisted arrest, authorities said, in an NBC report, the murder victim was Kevin Young, a 41-year-old man from Claymont, Delaware. That was the um, the father of four that he had murdered. So, so this is the guy who killed the pedophile. This is the guy who killed the pedophile, correct. So yeah. he wasn't the greatest, but you know what? He's already in there. It didn't say – it also say it, they didn't know if that was the reason that he killed him. I'm oh, just yeah. going to go ahead and say in my head that I hope that it was – because when you rape a four-year-old girl, go fucking die. And I hope it hurt a lot. Well, yeah, so, if, they, if they don't put you in protective custody, you're you're dead. Asking for it. And he had, I mean, he'd been in there a while, so he should be lucky he survived that long, to be quite honest with you. I will say, though, this is kind of a public service announcement type thing. Sure. I know how people feel about pedophiles, but I'm, I, I don't condone uh, attacking them. 
or, uh, you know, assaulting them, killing them or whatever it is you want to do. Uh, if you become aware of someone's somehow sexually abused children, report them to the authorities. They know, how, they know how to handle it. But if you just go and assault someone, uh, they can act, they can just prosecute you and they won't get in any trouble because there is a protocol that has to be uh, followed when it comes to making an arrest. And uh, if someone hasn't even committed a crime, well, then you're the one who's going to get in trouble. I appreciate you saying that, Morgan, because when I say these things, I say it out of my passion. And I obviously don't mean for you guys, for anybody to go commit any crimes against anybody else, because then you're just as bad as they are. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like because uh, they, as we know, they publish the addresses of the sex offenders after they get out of prison. Yeah. And people who want to go there and do that. Uh, well, but the thing is, and a lot of them, you know, the Catch a Predator show, a lot of people have done that. They were they met pedophiles online and arranged a rendezvous and then surprised them saying, yeah, I'm not a 14-year-old girl or whatever it was supposed to be. But the thing is, for one thing, if it, if it didn't turn out to be the 14-year-old girl, then the crime hasn't been committed and it's yeah. entrapment, which is a, which is a crime. And uh, actually, law enforcement has said that doing this is not helpful. So they, it just makes the pedophiles much more clever about avoiding getting caught. And they do share that information with among each other. They do tell each other how not to get caught, how to know. Yeah, there's people that specialize in doing this, the law enforcement agents, who I would, you know, and I don't think they have very long careers because of what they do. Yeah, yeah. It's so mentally taxing, but let them do their jobs for sure. However, uh, devil's advocate if it were my child can't tell you that i wouldn't oh no i get totally harm somebody oh i totally get that yeah but at the so. same time should you be going to jail too you know no and, the, and then therein lies the problem yeah right so uh so my next story uh here's the head now i actually have two <laughs> two stories that happened in walmart and just like how any- <laughs> If you say it's a Walmart in Florida, I'm I'm quitting right now. No, this is in Tennessee, but almost okay. All right. Stories that happen in in Florida tend to be bizarre or funny. The stories that happen in Walmart tend to also be bizarre and funny. And it doesn't matter what part of the United States. Correct. So, we should we, we should do a spinoff podcast of just stories in Walmart. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Clarksville, Tennessee. I have actually been to this Walmart, but I didn't Ooh. see it. It's strange. Uh, so a Clark's you have been, you've personally been to this Walmart? Yeah, I was once in a long distance relationship with a woman who lived in Clarksville, and that was one of the biggest shopping, uh, centers in the area. Uh, Interesting. Actually, like, cause there's a big, uh, armed forces base there, and the military wives shot there in the middle of the month. It was interesting, actually, as a side note, she said, in this community, if you own, like, a retail business, and you don't give a military discount to the military. Oh, yeah. Dubai. What city is it in? Is it by Camp Lejeune? Is it by the Marine Base or? Clarksville, Tennessee. I think it might oh, be. Oh, Tennessee. A... Never mind. I'm sorry. I was thinking North Carolina. There's a few Clarksvilles, yeah. Gotcha. But yeah, she said, yeah, you'll go out of business. So restaurant, store, doesn't matter. You got to yep. give the. Uh, so Clarksville, Tennessee, a Clarksville man was arrested Wednesday after he urinated in Walmart while trying to put a package of trout in his trousers. Oh. And the police officer that he wasn't concerned because his crimes were only misdemeanors, according to an arrest warrant. So Clark Clarkville police were called to that Walmart 
and a worker told an officer David Wiley was seen urinating on the sales floor near the alcohol while trying to put a package of trout in his pants, and he then attempted to leave the store without paying. The officer wrote that Wiley told him he indeed urinated on the floor, but, quote, was not concerned because, as he said, it was not a misdemeanor. He also said he had been consuming alcohol. Wow, what a surprise. Wow, weird. He repeatedly stated to the officer that he was not concerned because, again, misdemeanor, it was not a misdemeanor. <laughs> Can you say trout in his trousers one more time, please? Trout in his trousers, yep. <laughs> Wiley's statements, as well as the detection of alcohol, led me to believe that the offenses were likely to continue, the officer wrote. Uh, so Wiley, 56, was arrested and charged with shoplifting, vandalism, indecent exposure, and public intoxication. Have you ever been to a website called peopleofwalmart.com? Yes. And also one of his, one of his reasons for being arrested is having a trouser trout. Oh yeah, trouser trout. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if he This is it. my humor folks, sorry. Oh yeah. Yes, but, I have been to people of Walmart. I, so I don't want to say specifically which Walmart I was speaking of, but I do live one of prop, I live near one of probably the most infamous store Walmart store for for those type of pictures ever I could probably go sit there and just spend a day taking pictures and provide you quite a bit of material it's for people who don't give a shit anymore I guess. Ew, oof. it's yes well amongst the there's no there's just, I, I don't even know where to start Morgan my you favorite see anything my favorite was a woman who looked like she was between 65 and 70. She was wearing like a pair of like loose fitting pants and she pulled them up and she had no top on, no bra, pulled them up over her breasts, her saggy breasts. Yeah, she used them as a top too. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, can't blame a girl. Well, true. Yeah. Like I said, she just doesn't care. I guess when you get to that age, you know. I guess you... if my boobs were sagging that low and I could tuck them into my pants, maybe save some laundry, maybe I would. Oh, yeah, and I mean, there's this, like, uh, you know, cross-dressing men walking around. And this was before the, before transgender people started to uh, gain more notice as as citizens who enjoy Yeah, that's, that's just normal. Like, years before that happened, uh, there were people at Walmart. There were lots of men, like, in their 50s walking around in a tutu or something. And so... There, I mean, people, they've actually merchandised that website too. You can get people at Walmart, uh, calendars and all kinds of merch. It's the greatest. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, next story. My next story is, are you doing yours? Oh, no, I just did the Walmart thing. So that was okay. mine. I'm sorry. I thought you said you had two. So I, you're, I love that you're being comic relief because for some reason I went really morbid this this week it is, is welcome to you yeah. my uh story is this one's from newport news virginia i titled this one mom of the year so like i, I had a prison one i have a mom a bad mom one I had a pedo one i, I do have a, i had a florida one you know we'll, we'll run through the gamut so a mother of two was arrested after allegedly stabbing her infant son to death severely wounding her eight-year-old daughter, and then texting her fiancé details of the scene. God. Cool. What, 
Oh, were they uh, on? Were they on the outs? Was it like revenge against him or something? I don't think so. That is not what it says in this story. Uh, so it says Newport News Police Department officers responded to a call on May 10th, six days ago, at 9.30 p.m. on the 300 block of Hilltop Drive regarding a female in distress, <clears throat> the department said in a statement. When officers arrived, they reportedly found an infant and another child suffer- suffering from multiple stab wounds. The officers performed first aid, but the infant identified as a te- oh. a 10-month-old boy succumbed to his wounds. The Daily Press reports the criminal complaint against 35-year-old Newport News resident Sarah Whitney Gano. It's G-A-N-O-E or Gano, Gano. Yeah, it's Ganu's. We're going to go with Ganu. All right. Ganu's eight-year-old daughter had at at least 50 stab wounds throughout her body, including evisceration to her abdomen. She was transported to a hospital and was listed in critical but stable condition on Tuesday. So that little girl is actually still alive. Oh, there must be mental illness behind this. Like schizophrenia. (laughs) Yeah. Ganu was charged with one count of second-degree murder, one count of malicious wounding, and two counts of felony child neglect. She was booked into the Newport New City Jail, then transferred to Central State Hospital, where she is still in custody. So there you go. According to the Daily Press, Ganu reportedly admitted to stabbing her two children during an interview with police. Uh, Newport News Police Chief Stephen Drew said Ganu allegedly texted her fiancé, the infant's father, and and quote, describe the scene that he would see when he came home, end quote. Ganu allegedly wrote that the house would be bloody when he got home. According to the Daily Press, the fiancé then called police regarding the text messages he received from her. So obviously she was going through some mental illness. Uh, Police reported, reportedly found a pocket knife at the scene. Oh, my God. Pocket knife at the scene. Ganu was transported to the hospital after being taken into custody to receive treatment for superficial injuries. Oh, so she was at a regular hospital, not a mental hospital. Hmm. Mm. The injuries reportedly she had were bruising to her right hand and arm that occurred during the stabbing. She also reported, this is so sad. She reportedly had one bite mark to her right forearm that she stated was from the eight-year-old biting her in an attempt to get free. (sighs) According to the Daily Press, Drew uh, said the officers had responded to domestic disturbance-type calls at Canoe's apartment a couple of times already this year. The police department said the investigation remains ongoing. Ganu's arraignment is scheduled for May 20th, so in four days. Yay, so, mom of the year. So I know the postpartum depression, but can um, those hormonal uh, fluctuations that happen throughout pregnancy and around the, the time that uh, the mother has given birth is it possible that it can lead to uh, postpartum psychosis? I yes, and that very. I mean, since that, that baby was only ten months old, that very well could be the case here. Undiagnosed postpartum, severe postpartum depression or psychosis. Um, pers- personally speaking, I'm, I'm just going to say this for anybody who's a mother or has ever felt this or is pregnant and may go through this. So there's after you have your baby your hormones just plummet, you know, they just, you had a baby in you for nine months and all of a sudden everything's out. So what they, they call this the baby blues. So essentially two weeks after you have your baby, you're kind of in the, it doesn't happen to everybody. 
it happened to me and no one warned me about it. So I thought I was losing, I thought I was losing my shit and I needed to be, you know, committed. But everything was sad. You were just the, the most hopeless. You're, you're looking at your little baby. I love my baby, but I just every, I looked outside and I'm like outside was sad. The cat was sad. Every, I was just sad and, before, and hopeless and, and felt very, very depressed. And before However, for your kids, did you have a history of depression? Yes, I did. At times, not always, just yeah. off and on. Um, like I, but I do have horrendous anxiety, so but that could have had something to do with it. However, my doctor said, okay, this is normal for if it goes past two weeks, then we'll talk about it being postpartum. Each time I had my kids, two weeks almost to the day, and then all of a sudden I'd wake up the next day and boom, it was like it, I was back to normal. Mm. It's the strangest thing. However, if it lasts longer, that's when you know you need to talk to your doctor because you're having some postpartum. And I do know people who genuinely have had it and they, they have feelings of not even wanting to be with a baby, rejecting the baby. You know, it's, it's, it's a serious illness that needs to be addressed. So that could, that could be what happened here. I don't know. And if you already had a, a serious mental illness, like, I mean, you know, that was diagnosed a long time ago. Right. That would just make it even worse then. It could, for sure. If you're bipolar or had borderline personality disorder or schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. Yep. All those things need to be taken into consideration. So be careful, guys, women, ladies, men. Look out for those signs. If there are any, that, I, I'll be interested to know what happens in that case as well. And from uh, depression, we go into the next story, which is more about depravity. Naked oh. people wearing Ronald Reagan mask caught on camera in Vestavia Hills. Uh, I don't think that is in Vestavia, Vestavia Hills. Do you know where that is? Where is this? Vestavia Hills. Do you know what state that's in? No. All right. Um, anyway, a Vestavia Hills couple got it quite the surprise on New Year's Eve when a nude man wearing a presidential mask, Ronald Reagan, creeped into their breezeway. The man who was naked except for what appeared to be a Ronald Reagan rubber mask, covering his head in a sock covering his private parts, ran off when Jersey Bell's Daniel Yancey and her husband spotted him. The ordeal, whoever was caught on their home security video, and later posted to Facebook as a warning to neighbors and others. I know a lot of people are laughing about it, and honestly, I got a chuckle from it later, but at the same time, it's very concerning. I don't know yeah. what you're planning on doing. See, it's okay when the Red Hot Chili Peppers appear in public wearing only... It's stock. Alabama, by the way. Oh, it's Alabama. Oh, yep. okay. Alabama. So Yancey's husband, Bart, who just had just taken out the trash and returned inside when he caught a glimpse of a shadow in the breezeway, the trespasser had already opened the gate and entered when Bart Yancey yelled to him. He then briefly, he then followed him briefly while he called 911 from his cell phone. Uh, they were not able to find the man, the police said. It was so cold outside, the police said he wouldn't last long outside nude like that. So does it, do you, have you been in Alabama? Have you spent any time there? Uh, I've never been to Alabama. Have I? But I've been, I mean, Georgia is pretty close. Same yeah, because I always used to assume like it doesn't get cold in the south, like north of Florida. 
but I guess it does, right? Yeah, like yeah, it can get good. Well, yeah, I mean, it can get cold depending. It's not your kind of cold. Our cold is probably like forty degrees, fifty. I mean, that's cold for me. I'd be cold outside with no clothes on at that temperature. Well, so wait, what's the state like immediately north to Florida? What's that state? Georgia and, and Alabama. I believe. Good Lord, have mercy. Look at us. I should know this because I live here, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't get out much. No, but Georgia's right above us, and Alabama is the next one up. Yeah, yeah, is oh, next to it. You next do get to it. something approximating a real winter there. They get snow, do they? Or? Uh, probably rarely, but yes. Okay, so the guy said he could have been messed up on drugs or alcohol. Gee, do you think? And then that yeah. mindset, you don't know what you would do to someone else. I don't think he had a gun on him. Well, where would he hide it? But he could have potentially hurt us, or we could have hurt him. Even if it was a prank, it could have become very scary and dangerous quickly. Um, so Sounds something like that would happen in Alabama. Well, they got another call about it at 11 p.m. about a teenager streaking through the neighborhood, uh, but maybe that wasn't connected. Um, or was it? Maybe it was, yeah. I mean, technically he was armed, just not with a gun. Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi. Those are some tricky states down there. The old Bible Belt. Is oh, that yeah. what's considered the Bible Belt? I think they're part of it. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's just there's too much repression. And sometimes well, it, that's it, for sure. Some of that comes back with a vengeance, I guess. <laughs> uh, all right. What's your next story? The title of my next story is called Ex-Wife on Ice. Interesting. Yeah. And this is an example of dumb shit not shit not to do when you're committing crimes. We had one of those last time, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Here's another example of that. Because apparently I like to teach people how to do crimes. That is a joke, guys. I don't want anybody to commit any crimes. <laughs> I do like it when criminals mess up and are stupid, though. So. Which they sometimes do, yeah. On the sweltering summer after... Afternoon of July 24th, 2011. That is hot. A police searching for a missing woman found a headless, limbless torso in Oyster Creek, a canal near Richmond, Texas. Throughout the day, divers and cadaver-scenting canine teams braved the heat. So July in Texas, yeah, that's that's hot. That's intense, right? That's yeah. intense. Uh, divers and cadaver-scenting canine teams braved the heat in search of the rest of the body. They found her bit by bit, a skull with a face barely attached, and then a severed leg. Through dental records, authorities soon learned that the dis um, dismembered corpse was once Laura Jean Akerson, 27, from Kinston, North Carolina. She was the woman they had been looking for. Oyster Creek was the last stop on a macabre 1,200-mile road trip. This is, this is very interesting. At the wheel was musician Grant Ruffin Hayes, 31, Ackerson's ex-boyfriend and the father of her two sons. Along with him were his wife, Amanda, 39, and three children, Laura Jean, Laura Jean's two boys, and Amanda's daughter. Does that make sense? All under the age of four. Mm. So they had uh, his wife, Amanda, 39, and three children. So Laura, Jean's two boys, 
and Amanda's daughter, all under the age of four. There we go. So they had the two. Gotcha. I had to reread that too. Laura Jean rode alone in a U-Haul packed on ice into three big coolers, her body destined to be a snack for, for Texas alligator. So this is the mom. Hmm. So she's traveling with them in a U-Haul trailer packed on ice in three coolers and her children are in the front with her ex-boyfriend and his wife. Were the kids aware that the mom was back in back on ice? <laughs> Let's continue reading. I, I don't, I don't believe so. Not 100%. Hayes and Ackerson met in 2007 and soon moved in together. This is Laura Jean. Ackerson was taking classes and trying to find her way in the business world, working her way up into restaurant jobs. Hayes was a composer and musician who played in bars around Raleigh. His drug use made him made his artistic temperament dangerously unstable. He was prone to outbursts of violence and held paranoid fantasies that the that the government I'm sorry the government and aliens were out to get him. Wrote Diane Fanning in her 2016 book on the case called Bitter Remains. Ooh, I'll have to go check that out. As a string of her harebrained business schemes or recording prospects all fell through, Grant, whose stage name was Grant Hayes, grew angrier, more unpredictable, and took more drugs. Because that's always what you should do when you are going through a rough spot. Take more drugs. Yeah. So which drugs were they, did they say? They have it. They didn't say. They just, Grant just said drugs. Maybe bath salts. You, know. Could be, you never know. Hayes treated Ackerson with increasing cruelty and contempt, bullying, abuse, and cheating. Sounds about right. It was clear that romance was doomed when he wrote a song just for her. He called it Broomstick Writer. Hayes mm-hmm. saying about violent intentions, quote, I put a price tag on your head, end quote. He's saying, quote, my bullets will get you soon, end quote. For a time, the couple lived in the U.S. Virgin Islands, There, Grant met a woman from Texas, Amanda Perry Tucker. She was a former actress who had landed some small parts in movies and TV years earlier. Soon, Hayes and Tucker were an item, and then a married couple with a baby daughter. The new marriage sent Hayes and Ackerson into a bitter custody battle over who would get the two boys. He and Amanda had them during the week. Their mother got to see them only on the weekends. Interesting. That's also an interesting fact to me, but okay. On July 13th, 2011, Ackerson left a message on her friend's answering machine saying she was going to visit her sons at their father's apartment. Then she disappeared. She did not show up for several appointments, which was not like her. Worried family and friends, well aware of her boyfriend's hatred for her, reported her missing. Police started following a trail left by the Hayes family. It took them from North Carolina to Richmond, Texas, where Amanda's sister lived. That's the wife. Around the same time Laura Jean disappeared, Grant Hayes had gone on a spending spree in Walmart. Ready, guys? If you had two guesses, what would you think some of the things he bought at Walmart were, Morgan? Ammunition. Okay. Uh, Well, a gun. Okay. All right. We're We're on the right. So he went on a spree. Here's what he bought. A power saw, blades, industrial trash bags. Plastic tarps, goggles, and duffel bags. Then he, Amanda, and the three children hit the road heading for the sister's home. Mm. Susan, really smart. 
As soon as they arrived, both Grant and Amanda started asking strange questions, such as the creek's depth, whether there were alligators in the water, or if the area's feral hogs ate people. Hmm. I think they do. Well, I mean, if you're dead, yeah. Okay, for, first off, um, people asking those questions, they're staying with me, would immediately be invited to leave because, no, those are not normal questions to ask. Well, and again, I think if you've never been there, maybe you'd be curious just because. But that's not yeah. the first. Hey, do feral hogs eat people? Are, yeah. are there alligators? No, that's not what I'm asking the first time at no. But don't feral hogs sometimes attack people, or do they keep their distance usually? Uh, they they keep their distance usually. They don't really attack. They were they're hunted, not hunters. But if there's remains, yeah, they'll totally they would go after them for sure. Grant visited another store to purchase a large trash can and hydrochloric acid. Prosecutors would later say that the plan was to dissolve the body in acid, and if that didn't work, leave it in the creek for the gators. The idea that they would take a dismembered corpse on such a long ride only to dump it near a relative's home raised eyebrows among Texas law officers. Me too, same. Yeah, that's a little strange, isn't it? (laughs) So this is a quote from the WTR. So they drove through, what, five or six states and over a 40-mile swamp in Louisiana, all so they could bring the body here? That's a lot of territory. The deputy sheriff said to the rally NC News and Observer, fortunately for police, criminals just aren't very smart. End well, quote. There's that story. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, yeah. they were they were arrested and, and charged. If you're going to commit crime like that, bring yourself up to speed on the true crime literature. I mean, gosh, guys. Scared, you know. Don't buy a bunch of murder crap at Walmart either. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, you could do that once and maybe not raise any suspicions, but I guess if you were doing that, like, constantly, they'd start to wonder. Or, or like, right before you do, right before you go on a road trip, when you're planning on taking your ex-girlfriend's wife or body on ice, like, that suspicion, they're going to, if they, let's just say you don't get away with it and they find her body, you've just given them reason. Well, I would wonder about anyone in the city that I live in buying a chainsaw because, like, well, you're you're, li- you're living, but you're cold. You guys live have snow, so that's not weird. Buying yeah. a chainsaw here, immediate odd. Well, why are you buying a chainsaw? Well, in a big city like this, you usually have to get like a permit if you want to cut a tree down because there's like safety issues. It could fall onto the next house or something. Yeah, and I think maybe even then they want someone from the city to do it. So. If you want a right. chainsaw, you're going to buy a chainsaw here. People might start to wonder what it is you want it for. Because it's not like in my father's hometown, which is out in the country, where lots yep. of people own their own chainsaws. But anyway, my next story. Uh, do you like, Are you into vampires at all? Yeah, I'm into it all, for well, sure. Anyone else listening, if you're, if you're interested in vampires, I have a story about real-life vampires, though they're not in keeping with what you'd read about in Anne Rice novel. Ooh, is this an older story or a newer story? It, it was from a few years ago. I think I it might have, if I've heard of it. I'm excited. It might have been like 2016, I think. Okay. So the headline is Outbreak of Female Vampire-Like Attackers in New Zealand. Ooh, so New Zealand. people have been injured during a series of vampire-like biting attacks on New Zealand's North Island. Over the past two days, a woman was accused of biting a man's neck so hard 
her teeth cut through an artery, while another woman was arrested after allegedly chomping on a woman's ear. Uh, Stuff.co.nz, I believe that's a news site from New Zealand, Mm -hmm. reports the two incidents on Saturday and early Sunday were unrelated. It was a fight between three females, and during the fight, one of the females has bitten another one's ear and drawn blood. She hasn't bitten it off, but quite badly, so she needed some medical attention. Uh, a few hours later, police were called to a separate biting attack at a pub in Napier, New Zealand. Officers said a woman became involved in a brawl at the Thirsty Whale and bit a man on the neck. The man lost so much blood, he was taken to a hospital in serious condition. Uh, and uh, Hawks Bay District Command Center spokesman said, she obviously got the right spot, or you could argue the wrong spot. Uh, Thirsty Whale bar owner Chris Sullivan said the fight took place in the early hours of Sunday. We've never seen these people before. They're certainly not locals. Yeah, maybe they're from Transylvania. They're like 400 years old. What are you talking about? Yeah, right. The Thirsty Whale. Restaurant. Yeah, the Thirsty Whale. You are, you are killing the puns today. You're so, first you had the trials or trout. Now you have vampires at the Thirsty Whale. You're killing yeah, it. Thirsty Whale. Uh, <laughs> restaurant. We do have a dance floor on Saturday night. We, but we have nice people. People having a great time. But a couple that night clearly didn't. Earlier in the week, another person was bitten during a family violence incident. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit weird, the police spokesman said. Wow. There have been some incidents throughout the years of people actually deciding to become real literal vampires. Yeah. There are, there's a real subculture built around that where uh, people have parties, uh, maybe not as much now, but they, uh, the women put some, you know, some kind of makeup on themselves to make themselves look pale. I think it did kind you of. See, there was a girl, did you see the uh, My Strange Addiction, the girl who liked to drink blood? I, I, I didn't, but I'm sure that exists. So yeah, she, and she had a friend of hers that would, l- would come over and let her drink his blood. Like not enough to kill him, obviously, but she just liked drinking blood. Wow. So yeah. Also, the, the three girl, the three vampire fight, fought, fight you talk about at the beginning of the story. I kind of want to see video of that. Yeah, that would be interesting, but it doesn't sound like anyone was around to. Captured on video, but then again, I don't know if in 2016 the well people did have cell phone videos, but I don't not know as much as now. Yeah. Oh, now, yeah. You can make like real quality. Well, I guess, yeah. I'm trying. I have such a hard time with t- with da- with years now because back in the early 2000s, like the 90s was still it wasn't that long ago, and now the 90s was a really long time ago. And I have a hard time judging time. The older yeah. I get. I feel like my now I know how my parents feel. The last 20 years kind of melt together in my memory. For sure. The 80s, the 70s was very distinct from the 80s. The 80s was very distinct from the 90s. But yep. like the last 20 years are just kind of one long stretch that they have nothing, not a huge amount of things have changed aside from how social media has become a big part of people's lives. It's huge. Technolo- technology has changed a lot, but otherwise I feel like the culture really isn't that much different. I feel like it is, but I've also had children, so that's probably gives it a whole new – I see a – if oh, you yeah. don't have – having going from not having them to having them, you're like your eyes open up to a whole other world that you don't see through children's eyes, and that's terrifying. 
Yeah, yeah, I have heard about that. It's for so, sure. So, yeah. Vampire is cool. Yeah, unless you're actually unless you're actually biting people on the neck when they don't want. Yeah, it. don't do that. Yeah. I mean, Florida had we had Florida zombies. We have uh, New Zealand vampires. We don't need this. Cosplay's fine, but not. Co- <laughs> Cosplay's safe, guys. Yeah. I'm into that. I miss doing cosplay. We're, we can do that. Yeah. That's funny. You're funny tonight. Don't drink anyone's blood unless they can. They give consent. Otherwise, it's almost like rape, right? Exactly. And then it's. Remember, I told you I I um, organized a a zombie con years ago. Uh, we used to have to put signs up for our vet: "Control your bleeding, <laughs> don't bleed on other people's property, and stuff like that." So that was cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. We got we got in trouble and had to clean up the streets afterwards when people did that. All right. What's your next story? Uh, it's actually another Florida case. It's real. This is a short one. Um, also rather new, but I put typical Florida. (laughs) It's, it's not funny though. It's very sad. Uh, truck driver in Florida was making his scheduled stops early Wednesday. This actually just happened Wednesday morning when he came across a grisly scene along the side of County Road 219. I wonder where that is. Bet you it's in the middle of nowhere. It was the bodies of two teenage boys shot to death and sprawled along the side of the road. The, apparently, the 911 call, which I have not listened to, was pretty. Like, the guy was really shaken up. He said, "I just found two bodies." The driver said in a call 911 released by the Sumter County Sheriff's Office on Thursday, "I'm shaking right now." So you know how Florida has that law where all of the 911 calls are public record. Yeah, I think it's like that places though. Yeah, they have to be released. So it can be a good thing. It could also be bad, depending on if, what kind of situation you're in. Uh, authorities would later identify the teenagers as Preston Wayne Nixon, 16 years old, and Isaiah Alexander Nelson, 17. These two young men have been robbed of their chance to live their lives, having seen, have having been senselessly taken from their families. Captain John Galvin said in an update to the case Thursday, according to Galvin, the bodies were discovered just after 5 a.m. on Wednesday morning. The shock trucker told the dispatcher that the bodies were in front of a wood house, a wildwood house along the road. They were just laying on the ground, he said. He warned other drivers to turn around before coming up to the grizzly site and pleaded with dispatchers to send a deputy as soon as possible. I'll pray for their souls, he said. I can't believe this. Galvin said both teams appeared to have Injury stemming from gunshot wounds. Authorities do not believe it was a random shooting. This is a tragedy that has deeply impacted our, com- our community, Galvin said. We believe at this time that both victims may have known their assailant. Interesting. Both teens were being homeschooled when they died, however. Nelson and his friends had and family attending Wildwood Middle High School and grief counselors are on hand at the school for those in need. Investigators have released few other deca- details about the double homicide, citing the ongoing investigation. We believe at this time the both victims may have known their assailant, Galvin said. Our detectives are working tires- tirelessly to follow up on any leads, and we're asking the community's help to solve this brutal and senseless murder. Um, anyone with any information about this case is urged to contact the authorities as it is still being investigated. 16 and 17. Your old boys. So this is a current, uh, this is an ongoing investigation. Just happened last week. So two dead teenagers found on the side of the road. Trucker found them. 
they pretty much know nothing that except for that they think that they knew their assailant. Uh, so many kids. But are I find it interesting that they were left out to be found in bro- in wide open space. So there was yeah. no trying to um, cover cover their bodies. It wasn't in it wasn't in the woods. It was just alongside the road. You know, I wonder if when they do that, if it's if there was a personal um, animus against them, because mm-hmm. like I just if, if anyone anyone who listened to my most recent documentary style episode, the one about the serial killer Patrick Kearney, uh, even though he did have some um, some unresolved rage against these guys who bullied him in high school, the victims that he killed, he didn't have any personal grudges against them. I haven't listened yet. No spoilers. Okay. Well, the way the way he, did, he disposed of them in a way that ensured that for many years, many of them were not found, and then he, they were only yeah. found told the police where they were. Um, but if somebody just leaves the, the bodies out in the open like that, they must be basically saying, "I hope they're found, and I hope they're horrified, and I hope." Right. That's what I'm thinking. I'm. It's just so brazen to leave them there. I, again, these are newer stories, so. Yeah, it's like the murder of Shonda Scherer, where yeah. they lit her on fire and they just left her out, like I think beside the road or by a bridge or something, and and because uh, they they just the assailants hated her so much that they just uh, did not care, just wanted it to be. They wanted everybody to be horrifying. Yeah. All right, my next Ugh. story. So my next story, I'm going from vampires to Satan now. Headline is people who blame their crimes on the devil. So a lot of people have uh, used Satan as a scapegoat or as an excuse, you know, saying, oh, you know, I became possessed of the devil and I committed these murders. And most likely it's a, it's a cross. Nice try, guys. Yeah, right. So there's two of these just two short stories up of people who blamed the devil for the crime they committed. The first one. A Los Angeles man killed and skinned his mother in an alleged satanic ritual. In 2011, then 18-year-old Moises Moraz Espinoza strangled his mother, Amelia, and then mutilated her lifeless body before skinning her, removing her organs, and cutting the body into pieces with a circular saw. Skin and flesh were later found stacked in a freezer. Amelia's skull was found in a backpack. All of her teeth and both eyes were removed, and two upside-down crosses were carved into the bone. According to the Huffington Post, investigators recovered a satanic Bible with a chapter on human sacrifice near the crime scene, and prosecutors argued that the killing had been a satanic ritual, according to the Long Beach Press-Telegram. Prosecutors claimed that the date of death course to a, day, to a day of human or animal sacrifice in the satanic calendar and cited the accused tattoos of satanic imagery as evidence of his involvement in Satanism. The judge in the case called Moraz Espinosa's crimes disgusting, hideous, and vulgar. So I'm wondering if this guy modeled his crimes after Richard Ramirez. Right? God, that guy's psycho. Now, it, now, it's like, now I have Richard Ramirez's face in my head. Thanks a lot. Did he did he chop anybody up or did he just kill them? I never read into that case very closely. Richard, you should you should totally do Richard Ramirez. He was a monster. Um, so I'm hang on. I'm gonna look up something you just said. 
I was going to look up the satanic cult because they're, uh, they are actually. Well, they were making the news in the 80s. I remember that, the so-called satanic panic, and the FBI investigated it. But they found out that there really weren't all these cults sacrificing children, and it was just a, it was kind of a hoax. Well, of course. Yeah. You know, it was people listening to what they called devil wars, which would be music, which was just like Slayer and friggin' Megadeth. <laughs> you know, we were just going through a, a, a different level, a different kind of music, guys. But yeah, playing uh, records backwards and claiming, yeah, 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 saying Satan, I love you, Satan, or something like that. You know, exactly. That's that's um, the Satanic Temple. That's what I was thinking of. So they're the the, the non-theistic religious group based out of the United States. Oh, they're legitimately mean, a religion. I mean, Anton LaVey's Church of Satan. Is that what you're talking about? Uh. Nope, it's Lucian Greaves and Malcolm Jerry are the founders, and it's literally the Satanic Temple. Oh. So they're essentially atheists that wanted they, they do a lot of good. They're not it's not a bad thing. Uh they started it because they wanted to counteract, you know, religions that were all about negative they say they were all inclusive, but they weren't. And so they became, they formed the Satanic Temple and, you know, they try, they work on social, social justice, um, help the separation of religion and state, people's freedom, stuff like that. So they do a lot of good. So I didn't want it to be associated with that because that's actually a pretty good organization. Yeah. And the, well, there's a Satanic Bible written by Anton LaVey for the Church of Satan. And, right, uh, that one is that the negative, the 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 actual well, that, negative one. Well, they were also atheists, and uh, oh, okay. they they never had, they never encouraged sacrifices. They never included uh, sacrifices in their ceremony, not even symbolically. It's a completely different Just, situation. Um, yeah. But yeah. Well, in the Satanic Temple actually let me uh, restate. They're a five hundred one c three, so they're a non profit charity. Is what they are. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, and I don't mean to offend any Christians, but no, not whatsoever. You do you, but uh, also don't don't cut up your people and 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 then um, carve upside down crosses into their bones and put their eyeballs and things. That's not cool. Yeah, they're they're um. There's there's more Christians have killed more people than Satanists. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting every Christian is capable of committing murder. They're not supposed to, but that uh, that's that was a that was a pretty gross. So and he said it was because he was told to, or it was his uh, let me see. religion. Well, he. Uh, I don't know. He just well, it was a time of year supposedly when members of this particular sect of Satanism were to commit a sacrifice if they were. Okay, so this was the one he chose. Got you. Small. So. <laughs> well, and I, I oof, okay, okay. Well, yeah, and as a side note, uh, apparently, if you play the, um, if you've ever played the vinyl version of the Beatles record, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, there's this little. Uh, this little melody of like voices that go that just plays over and over again when the needle gets 
to the end of it all. Mm-hmm. And, you, and if you say if you play it backwards, it sounds like we're going to fuck you like Superman. I always thought that was funny. Yeah, I've I've heard those clips before. I didn't. I hear they're just making shit up because if you play anything backwards, you can kind of hear what you want to hear. Well, Paul McCartney said it does sound like that. So I mean, yeah, it can sound like that. Just like there's all the sexual innuendos that you they say are in the Disney movies, which, by the way, I have seen some of them. But that's another podcast again. Yeah, you watch it as an adult, and you're like, holy crap. You're like, wait, what? Uh, okay, so the next one is uh, titled Menage of Satan. This headline from New York Daily News says it all. Milwaukee roommates Rebecca Chandler and Raven Larrabee arrested for satanic sex torture. According to the article, an 18-year-old man from Arizona traveled to Wisconsin for a threesome after meeting two women, Rebecca Chandler and her roommate Raven Larrabee, online. Upon arrival, he was tied up with duct tape and... Two-day sex marathon cut with a knife more than 300 times. Wait Chandler, a second, wait. Where did they? The girls live. They live in Milwaukee, and he. And he what drove from where? Arizona, but you see, Rachel, you don't understand. You're not a man. Men will travel. <laughs> That's a really long way, I believe. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Arizona. Yeah, which Arizona to Wisconsin. I don't know how long a drive. That's has. really far. Those are the, that is far. So that's that's the the south. That's the southwest to the Midwest, right? Correct. Uh, that's a long one. But okay. So, oh wow. All right. You so get, he shows up. Yep. So upon arrival, he was tied up with duct tape, and during the course of a two-day sex marathon, cut with a knife more than three hundred times. Chandler claims the victim was okay with the cutting. It just got a bit out of hand. Police found a number of books relating to the occult, magic, and Satanism in the apartment, including the Necromantic Ritual Rule Book, The Werewolf's Guide to Life, and An Intro to Sigilborn Spirits. So, I mean, I know people who are into this kind of stuff are into knives. Some people enjoy knives, but I guess there should have been a safe word. uh, Yeah establish something like that i would recommend always having a safe word for those like liking to go on the little aggressive sides actually that's just me if you're in the knife play you really got to establish some ground i mean yeah but i mean the fact that this guy was willing to travel so far to do it maybe maybe they thought based on that information like this guy will do anything so he didn't die right he didn't die, but they just took it a little too far. Huh. Um, Do you think he regrets it? Probably. I mean, if you're cut 300 times, even if they're superficial wounds, they could get infected. You could start bleeding heavily. So That is a very interesting story. <laughs> That's, uh, wow. Okay. Like I said, you're, you're not a man, so you don't know where I'm it's not. that far to have sex. I, I'm not. I Nope. That's really far. <laughs> A woman can just step outside the door and and call call to the neighborhood to get sex. Men don't. <laughs> oh Women have sexual privilege. That's that's one form of privilege you guys have. All right, so uh, your next story. Oh God, I do not want to transition into this story after that story. <laughs> okay. 
Let me have a moment. <clears throat> I have to change headspace. That was a darker one. Yeah. Okay. But I have one more after this. There's, I, I was really trying to find something for uh, payback for the story that Morgan did last <laughs> week, the last story. And it's, I, I mean, I, but I feel hor- like a creepy, I feel like the cops are going to bust in and raid my house at any moment when you Google stuff like that. But whatever. Just doing true crime, guys. Yeah. Just true crime. Uh, so this is a story out of uh, Rowan County, Tennessee. Oh, we're a lot in the down in the old southern states today, aren't we? Yeah, that's right. Uh, prosecutors will seek the death penalty against a Roan County couple accused in a horrific child abuse case after the death of at least one of their adopted children. Bear with me. I think this is a little bit of a longer one. Um, and separate notices issued to Shirley and Michael Gray Sr. The state, <clears throat> the state said it will seek a death penalty of death and if either is found guilty of the first degree murder of their adopted daughter, Sophie Heather Gray. Rowan County authorities recovered her body in the backyard of the couple's 10 mile neighborhood home on May 23rd. I believe this was last year, by the way, not this year. Oh. Deputies said that she was about 11 years old at the time of her death. In the documents, prosecutors called the girl's murder especially heinous, atrocious, or cruel, and that it involved serious torture or serious physical abuse beyond that necessary to cause death, which is a really, really really horrible sentence to read. According to warrants previously obtained by Knox News, deputies say Grays, the, the Grays locked the girl in the home's basement in 2017 as punishment for eating food from the kitchen. She died after a few months. I don't know if she died of starvation. It didn't go into that. That's what I miss. I, I think they fed her very, very little, so she eventually died of starvation. Could be, yeah. Because she was in there for quite a long time. Uh, Investigators Investigators say Gray Sr. told deputies he kept Sophie's body in a cardboard box before burying her in the backyard. The Grays each face 42 charges in Rowan County under accusations of abuse that occurred during or after 2017 at their home on Dry Fork Valley Road. The couple was indicted on four counts of felony murder, eight counts of aggravated child abuse, Eight counts of aggravated child neglect, nine counts of aggravated kidnapping, and six counts of especially aggravated kidnapping, which I don't know what that is. Especially aggravated kidnapping? Um, hmm. Well, I guess, I guess it's not the kind where... So it's nine counts of aggravated and six counts of especially aggravated kidnapping. Well, I guess there's like the, the, kid, the kind of kidnapping where the child's maybe kind of tricked into it. And then there's the kind where they're taken by force or threat. Yeah. Very well. That was according to the district, uh, the district attorney's office. They also each face counts of abuse of a corpse, charging theft and falsification of education or academic records. Rowan County deputies began investigating the Grays after one of their adopted children was found walking alone on the roadside last May 2020. So, yes, that's when this happened. After authorities returned the child, Gray Sr. told the Department of Child Services he had a 15-year-old in his basement and another buried in his backyard. So he just flat out told them. 
Arrest warrant paperwork detailed authorities' search of the house, which deputies said smelled of urine and feces, and the rescue of the Gray's three surviving adopted children. Deputies found the 15-year-old boy in the home's unfurnished and partially flooded basement, which had no electricity, running water, or bathroom. The basement was full of human and animal feces, garbage, mold, and exposed wires. Deputies said the Greys had locked the boy down there for four years, feeding him only bread and water as punishment for stealing food from the pantry and refrigerator. Uh, <clears throat> at least one other child periodically was kept inside a wire dog cage in the basement before the Greys built a small concrete room measuring less than three by four feet under the stairs for confinement, according to the warrants. The three children rescued from the Greys' care appeared quote, to be stunted in growth, end quote, according to deputies, and none had received medical attention in at least six years. Shirley Gray claimed the children were homeschooled, but deputies deputies said the children appeared to have no, no formal education and that they were amazed by what a refrigerator does when they observed one in their foster home. Wow. The couple, along with their adult son, Michael Gray Jr., also faced charges in Knox County for the alleged child abuse and murder of another of their adopted children before they moved to Rowan County. So these two lovely people have a son who previously in another county also helped abuse and murder another adopted child prior to this. Knox County authorities found the body of Jonathan Gray, who court records say was no older than eight years old, buried in the backyard of Gray Jr. Hall's home off Cedar Breeze Road. The Grays also faced charges for 10 care for 10 care. That they think it's like a Medicaid or like a uh, financial assistance. Yeah, I think uh, they faced charges for 10 care fraud and theft. The couple kept the children's death secret and continued to collect between 15,000 and 61,000 and benefits from the state, according to court records. Uh, they were also charged with abusing another unnamed child starting in June 2016 when the child was six year when the child was six years ago. That doesn't make any sense. I didn't write that. The abuse was so bad it stunted the child's growth and led to loss of physical function and severe psychological distress. The alleged abuse continued until Rowan County authorities intervened and began investigating on May 22nd, 2020, uh, the record state. These people actually, I do not believe, have been sentenced yet. I did a little more research. Uh, there was a, a recent story that had come out in March of this year. They are still, their, their case is still has not gone to court to be sentenced. So that, but they're, they're looking to, for the death penalty for both of them. Oh man, you know, th these stories, that story, it's shocking to me, but it's not surprising because at this point, I've dealt with a lot of child abuse cases and, uh, there's this constant, uh, paradigm of, uh, starvation, um, yep. so rationing out food to the extreme, like, on, in, like concentration camp rations, uh, squalid conditions, so feces all around them, be, some of them living in boxes, cages, uh, punished for, for stealing food out of starvation. Um, I just can't wrap my, my brain around <clears throat> how a, a, a human being can do that. And what's really a human being? I don't, 
I just don't understand. They're human monsters. This is why you make the podcast. I mean, they really are. Well, the thing is, what's even more sad is that um, a lot of these kids are taken out of homes that were like that and then placed into foster homes where and then so it's like their lives are bookended by abuse Ugh, uh, there's no it's just oh my God. a lot of these foster parents are, are really good at at faking normalcy when that we you know when the social workers come around to inspect everything they're good at hiding it all like uh how many stories have you done where that's happened quite a few i think i know I think I've done like 13 child abuse cases now. Uh, so yeah, when the social worker comes around, there's food in the cupboards, everything's clean, but you know, behind the scenes, there's all kinds of horrible things going on. Except with the Turpins, they, the social workers were not aware of what was going on there. So it happened for, I don't know what, over 20 well, years. And then we have the, yeah, yeah, that, that case was. I will never forget that one for the rest of my life. But yet that was his, the, the, his own wife didn't even know. Well, well, you mean the Turpins? Yeah, they knew. I mean, she, you know, she chained up the kids and never cleaned the house and just shit everywhere. And oh, I was oh, sorry. I was thinking of the the guy, the other one you did. Yeah, the, yeah. The, well, the Turpins pr- seemed to view their children as like pets. Correct. Uh, they didn't seem to understand parenting almost, and, and they were deliberately cruel to them. But I remember the cops saying, like, when they entered that house, the stench just, like, punched yeah. them in the face. It was horrible. Um, so, anyway, my next case is, uh, oh, get this. The, this title's beautiful. Three, oh. men char- three men charged with over 1,400 counts of bestiality in Pennsylvania. So, okay. The trio were charged with over 1,400 counts of sexual intercourse with animals and are also accused of endangering the welfare of children. Okay. Three three men in Munson, Pennsylvania, were arrested for allegedly performing lewd sex acts on a number of farm animals. The men, Terry Wallace, 41, I think this was back, I think they were arrested in 2014, Matthew Brubaker, 31, and Mark uh, Miesnikoff, 34, all lived on the same farm on Mouse Lane and faced an astounding 1,460 counts of sexual intercourse with animals, as well as counts of animal cruelty. The men have also been charged with felony endangering the welfare of children and corruption of minors. According to the report filed with police, a 16-year-old boy who is the son of one of the three men was also living on the farm at the time the crimes were committed. State troopers received a complaint from the boy that alleged the men were having sex with at least 12 animals, including at least nine female horses, a cow, a goat, and several dogs. The suspects allegedly forced the boy to hold the animals down while the men performed intercourse repeatedly for a period of about four or five years. It also described a V-shaped pen that was designed to specifically be used to facilitate the sexual activity, according to the police report. Authorities received a search warrant and reportedly obtained a large amount of homemade videos along with recording equipment and cameras. The boy described his horrid living conditions in the trailer park that he shared with his father where he had no access to electricity and collected rainwater so that he could take showers. Clearfield County District Attorney William A. Shaw Jr. said there are currently no allegations of the boy being sexually molested 
and that authorities have no reason to believe that he was. Right now, we don't believe the juvenile was sexually victimized. Wow. He has been taken into protective custody, and investigators have yet to determine the extent of mental or physical abuse that he may have been exposed to. Precisely. Yep, the men are being held in prison on a $100,000 bail as they await their trial and subsequent sentencing. In Pennsylvania, engaging in any form of sexual intercourse with an animal is penalized as a misdemeanor of the second degree. They face a maximum of two years in prison and a $5,000 fine for bestiality, although they may face a harsher sentencing taking into account the alleged crimes committed against the boy and the prolonged period of time that the criminal activity took place. A law that dictates the legality of bestiality happens at the state level, and believe it or not, there are still a number of states where it's legal to have sex with an animal. I actually believe that. Well, it says Washington, D.C., Hawaii, Kentucky, New Mexico, West Virginia, and Wyoming all deem bestiality legal. And most of the states also allow for the sale and distribution of zoophilic pornography. Oh, why? Okay, first of all, it's bestiality, but it was like 1,400 counts. So can we add a couple years on for the amount of... Considering the length of time and the amount of incidents, that's a lifestyle, right? You're not correct. You're not going to go back from that, especially when that's all you, the, the, that's the worst you got for, you've been doing it for years, 1400 animals. God. Definitely psychologically ruining a child. Can you imagine what it must be like for the politicians when they do finally criminalize it in those states, like to have to have that debate? That's probably why they have not decriminalized it because they would have to then talk about it. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. And that's too much to talk. We don't. We don't want to talk about those things. They don't happen. Well, they well, do because you, you haven't talked about it to make a freaking law. So fucking talk. Just like yeah. Child trafficking. Oh, oh I was watching. Mm, mm. Both passing laws is you do have to have a debate. Um. So we don't yep. condone these kind of activities. So it's. And then you're gonna have that one guy. Well, no, this this isn't. This should keep legal. This is America, Dan. <laughs> we we have the right to do whatever we want to our animals. We, oh, my God. Shut up. I was, have to say, I was surprised that Hawaii has not criminalized Yeah, it. right? Hawaii doesn't seem... Hey, Florida got out of there. And Washington, D.C. I didn't expect that one. You know. Neither. Crazy. So that was crazy. What's your next story? Uh, this is actually my the last story that I have pulled up. Okay? Yep. Are we ready? Yeah, I am. All right. This is a uh, older story. Lachlan, Ohio, 2019. Two men were arrested in what police were calling the most disturbing cases of child sex abuse they had ever seen. Sorry, guys. Bringing it way down. But you are listening to Human Monsters. Sorry. Yeah. Not sorry. Uh, William Bustios the third, 25, and Joseph Souter, 36, were arrested in connection with the investigation. Both were accused of raping young boys. They alleged victims were five and seven years old. Oh. Authorities said there were more victims, adding that investigators found thousands of sexually explicit photos of young children. The investigation began in Milford with Souter, but led to Bustios in Lachland. Federal investigators 
are now involved, saying it may be part of a much larger crime ring. Inside of a Lachlan home where Bustillos live, police said they found disturbing evidence of abuse. Uh, in a quote, I have never come in contact with a case like this, end quote, said Sergeant Scott Godby with the Lachlan Police Department. I've seen a lot of bad things in this world, but this r- right here is probably the worst thing I've ever had to deal with, yeah. end quote. The details are too graphic to describe, but investigators said Bastios took a five-year-old child upstairs to his room. Inside that room, police said satanic shrines and idols were scattered alongside sex toys. There were also cameras for recording his crimes, authorities said. He has 31 years. I've got 27. I've never seen anything like this, Godby said, referencing neither he or his chief had ever seen anything like this before. Bustillo's mother and a man who lived downstairs in the same home as the suspect did not want to be identified. I wouldn't either. They both said that they do not believe the allegations. Okay, go fuck yourself. I'm adding in my own two cents. Sorry. They had said the shrine was part of Bustillo's religion. Quote, he's a Wiccan and he believes in the Wiccan way, end quote, the man said. I support him in that even though I'm a Christian, that's his right. Bustillos' mother said. Bustillos was arrested Wednesday on, this was again in 2018, on uh, charges of rape, gross sexual imposition, and pandering sexual materials involving a, ju- a juvenile. Authorities said the alleged five-year-old victim was provided to Bustillos by Suter, who was arrested in a separate case by Milford Police. So these guys are connected, but they're in different geographies, okay? Yeah. So one led this child to the other. <clears throat> Suter was arrested on August 16th, then later indicated, indicted, indicted, was later indicted on charges of rape and gross sexual imposition. He is currently jailed in the Claremont County Jail. Milford said he's accused of sexually abusing a seven-year-old child. He's also, also accused of taking sexually explicit photos of two other children ages five and eight. Authorities said the alleged incidents happened at, at the Oakwood Apartments on Brooklyn Avenue in Milford. Investigators, federal investigators said between Bustillos and Suter, there are thousands of photos, maybe more, on seized flash drives and gaming systems. Um, in other stories I read about this case, I think they did eventually find uh, reason to believe that they were involved in a child trafficking, like sex pornography ring. So they were on the dark web. They were selling these photos and essentially helping other pedos pedophiles look for children to rape so uh there this was in 2019 they're still i believe they're still incarcerated i don't know if they went to trial yet because it was one of the later who knows if they're alive by now somebody probably tried to kill them at at least they're they're not dead so i i I know that they This is a really bad one. Yeah. So, uh, you know. Well, you know, what the, one of the things that's most perplexing to me about the, the child pornography, particularly the videos, is how they're, they're able to perform these acts and the children are crying, they're screaming. How can they not stop? You know what I mean? Like if you can continue doing that, you're, you're a psychopath. And I mean that 
I'm not being hyperbolic. I'm using that in the textbook sense of the word, lack of empathy. Lack yes, of, in or, the actual way that it's meant to be used. Also, I have a problem with your mother being in the same house as you while you're doing this and then saying she doesn't believe that he did it. Uh, yeah, it, it, something went, it would seem like something's up, yeah. Uh, oh, so it's just – I'm sorry. Did you not see a little five- or eight-year-old child be taken up to your son's room and then – I'm, so I'm assuming you wasn't quiet the whole, the whole entire time. Yeah, you know, there's uh, I, don't, I don't I don't mean to sound sexist by saying this, but there's so many crime cases involving women who are playing dumb. Oh, I had no idea he was killing people. Right. Yeah, yeah. Carrying uh, no heavy bags, uh, linking blood across the kitchen floor. I thought he was just making his own pasta courses. Up. Yeah, guys. Let, <laughs> I'm sorry. I have children. I will stick up for them. To the ends of the earth, but to a degree, if you have a bunch of really satanic shit next to sex dildos with taping video uh, camera shit set up in your room, I'm going to be asking some questions and looking further into that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not taking. Oh, he just believes in uh, uh, Wicked. He's not. First of all, that's not Wiccan. No. <laughs> and also, I was I had this other thought, too. I was thinking. You know, one of the most popular shows on TV is uh, Law & Order Special Victims Unit. Are you a fan of that show? It's funny you say that. I've watched a couple episodes and never really got into it. I'm more into true crime TV. So well, the scripted, cases the are scripted loosely. stuff I never really got into. Well, I uh, I know that that show is very popular. Anything involving, you know, busting, you know, child uh, sexual abusers is very popular, but yes. what people don't realize is like the reality of, of doing that for a living is, so say they, say they bust a guy for possessing child porn and that there's like, say there's a hundred videos. Well, the part of evidence gathering is that you have to watch every video and yep. you have to document every single detail. You can't skip through anything. And so imagine having to watch a hundred of those and then, and some of them will be horrifying, like the guys you were talking about. They're gonna sometimes those guys uh, incorporate BDSM, and so not only is the child suffering from the rape, but they're being tortured by by being whipped. And you oh, have, and you have to write about it. And what was the case? There was a case, a very popular case, and everyone's gonna be screaming. Please leave it in the comments if you know what I'm talking about. Catherine but Knight. It. Was it, no, it wasn't Catherine Knight. I know that I got yelled at by Catherine Knight, but it was, um, they, I watched a documentary on it and one of the detectives, it was a, a tape that they had to listen to of torch. I, was it, it the, was it the Ken and Barbie killer? Well, you might, that might be it. Cause I'll tell you, they, because they, they, they had recorded it and then the tape was so bad that they actually now use that with new recruits. When, when they want to be like detectives, they make them listen to this and say, if you can, and, and, and half of them walk, more than half of them walk out and never come back. Well, um, with the Bernardo case, um, yeah. they did play the videotapes in court, but they didn't let anyone watch them. What they did was they just played the audio and the audio alone was so disturbing. Like people yes. were crying because like, at least, because I know, like, I think it was both girls, they, Cried out for mercy. I mean, he really cried for their mom. Yeah, that was that so. Was that I believe in one of the doc uh, documentary, real true documentaries I watched on one of the services I use. 
they, this uh, investigator was talking about how he used that. I believe it was one of those I, recordings. I, I just can't imagine. I so I don't think it was those tapes, though. I th- I'm pretty sure they destroyed those tapes. It must have been. Maybe, yeah, I was, I'll have to look into it or somebody, if you know what I'm talking about, post yeah. it in the comments because I can't think of it right now. Anyone who thinks like, oh, I'd love to work in law enforcement and bust pedophiles, well, do yeah. you really want to look at, at those videos and those photos like day in, day out for years on end? Because I assure you, you're going to end up in a straitjacket if, if you do that. Well, so that- yep. And like they said, their, their, their careers in that are very short lived because they can only take so much. You can't, un- you can't unsee the shit you see. Well, just being a regular beat cop is hard enough. Yeah. That, I mean, no you kidding. Know. Uh, right. Police officers. So we so now on to some badly needed comic relief. This, Yay. Is, this is the last Walmart story. So okay. this is well, maybe just the last for now. Maybe there will be more in the future. Uh, so the headline is: Woman arrested after hitting Walmart shopper in the face with a ten-pound log of meat. One Ohio woman was arrested and charged with assault due to her involvement in a physical fight. They broke out at a local Walmart, says Ohio police. The South Euclid police said in a Facebook post that their officers were dispatched to the chip aisle of a Walmart after they received calls. The two women had gotten into a physical altercation, so they had chips on their shoulders to match. (laughs) But this wasn't the first incident between the two women. According to the post, one of the women had a restraining order out against the other dating back to when the two lived in the same duplex in University Heights, Ohio. The police did not share the details of the restraining order. However, they did explain the details of the intense fight that broke out in the chip aisle. When the two women made eye contact, the first woman threatened to beat the other woman and her seven-year-old daughter. Oh, wow, okay. The assailant then lowered her mask and attempted to spit in the other woman's face, though she missed Still upset, the assailant jumped into the victim's shopping cart and hit the woman in the face with a 10-pound log of pre-packaged meat. I'm guessing probably ground beef you uh, think or I, pepperoni. I was thinking ground beef, too. Probably ground beef. Now, that, that she jumped in the shopping cart. That's some, that's some intense rage. I, yeah. I don't think I could do that. That sounds painful. but <laughs> It does. Uh, The assailant was arrested and charged with assault and violation of a temporary protection order. Police shared in the post that a criminal history check revealed a history of violent behavior, as well as multiple warrants out for her arrest. It was also shared that the assailant has a five-year-old daughter who was turned over to another family member upon her mother's arrest. And the police said it's unknown what initially led to the beef between the two women. (laughs) You are too much today. Maybe it was ground beef, right? Because sometimes I buy these, like, tubes of ground beef. Tubes of meat. I do do buy... (laughs) They don't come in 10 pounds, though. Can you buy... I can't imagine what a 10-pound tube... I'm going to go to Walmart tomorrow look for a 10-pound... Yeah, I I didn't know they came that large, but okay. It must have been frozen, because how much damage could you do with, like, a floppy tube of ground beef right no you need a big solid one yeah yeah so it must it must have been frozen solid you could do some damage with that i guess oh good point yeah yeah that's a that that could be a deadly weapon that's that's a that's a deep grudge there that's some jerry springer shit love it 
Like I'm liking this. I think you should add a segment every time with a story from Walmart. Walmart stories. Walmart stories and Florida stories are always the same. I think, yeah, I think we should. And the funny thing is we both ended with an Ohio story, but we should have, we should end on a light note with I'll find a good a good Florida story and then you find a good Walmart story every we'll week. Find, and we'll try to find some combinations too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it. Okay. There's definitely that. I can go probably find one tomorrow and film it myself. Yeah, exactly. If, if an alligator gets into if somebody throws an alligator into a Walmart, then that's <laughs> now we're talking. Or, uh, or yeah, takes one to Disney World and starts attacking children or something. Good lord. Is that Disney- actually happened. That was very sad. There was a little baby that got killed at Disney World. It was eaten by a gator. Wow. So it wasn't like in like they have a zoo at Disney World, right? No, it was in uh, one of the like it was around the one of the hotels and they have lakes and they have little beaches down by the lakes and stuff like that. So it was a, a little toddler that had walked down by the water and Jeez. gotten attacked by the the gator. Oh man. Well, it <laughs> probably wasn't from Florida because we know not to let our kids near the water, but I, still, it's very sad. Well, right. Well, but so. Uh, frozen meat stick, trous or trouts. Uh, what was your other one you had? Uh, the trouser. Yeah, the men of trouser trout. And good, Morgan. Yeah. See. And he, and he urinated on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was cold and he hadn't peed and probably was drunk. I'm so. Had to use a guy. Had a hankering for some trout. He just wanted some trout, man. Or maybe he was trying to impress a lady. You never know. Yeah, he's going to put it inside his shorts. and. Uh, <laughs> Who knew that Morgan Rector was a damn comedian? Oh, you ain't seen the half of it. Oh, shit. Well, well hopefully uh, I did better tonight. Oh, you did, happy. did great. Thanks, man. I really enjoy this. I think it's a lot of fun. You're a lot of fun. I hope everyone's having fun. Well, I'm has sure. A great, has a great week. Yes. Thank you very much, Rachel, for doing the show tonight, and thank everybody for listening. My pleasure. Can't wait for next week. (laughs) Have a good night. Bye.